Happy New Year, everyone. It's Todd Dills again with Overdrive Radio, and popping on here before we get this episode for January 5th, 2023, fully going. As for some of you, this one will well be familiar. Truth is, I've been out of the office all week and thought to re-air this talk with last year's owner-operator of the year, Glenn Horak, this week. It also features his wife and team operator, Carla. Because, well, in it, Horak emphasizes necessary downtimes, savings, every single moment of any owner-operator's career. No doubt well necessary in times like the present, with economic conditions ahead looking less than stellar, let's say, than they could. As I noted in last week's Year in Review podcast, almost half of all of you have indicated a pessimistic outlook for the year. Horak was thinking much the same as early as last June when we spoke for this edition of the podcast. Keep in mind that timing throughout as you listen, as I'm going to re-air it as it played in September last year. Horak's millions of miles of experience speak for themselves, though. So, let's get to it. If you're going to do it, get your ducks in a row before you do it and stick with them. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, you know... Don't try to live on a shoestring. Regular Overdrive Radio listeners will well recognize they're the voice of our owner-operator of the year, Glenn Horak, Elkland, Missouri. With a simple piece of advice for those who will venture into trucking as an owner-operator. In this part two of our talk with Horak, we'll hear a great deal more from him about just what he means in that regard. Coming off a good two years for freight, speaking late in the month of June, Horak noted the cyclical nature of the trucking business. At least once every 10 years there's going to be a downtick. Best to be prepared for that. Always. No matter what the current situation looks like. I'm Todd Dills, your host as usual for this edition of Overdrive Radio for September 2, 2022, just ahead of the annual Labor Day holiday. Horak and a team operation with his wife and now longtime business partner, Carla, is looking forward, no doubt, to enjoying some time at home with family and friends with the big Sam Biggs Memorial Bike Show and Poker Run, a benefit to research into childhood cancers like the one that took the life of a close associate's seven-year-old cousin and inspired the annual event nine years ago now. It's a big family and community affair today, that's sure. We all pretty much do everything. we organize it we you know we work it we participate in it we'll hear more about the value owner operator horak gleans from his now more than three decade relationship with his leasing partner in prime incorporated when you got a big company behind you it's a lot easier to get stuff done right. as far as repairs and, you know i can go into uh, you know a dealership as a single operator they don't care when they get to me. First, though, we'll dive into Horak's very early days, just starting out after his time serving in the Marines with Charles Litteris Three Truck C&T Trucking. When you have a diesel emergency, you don't have time to wait around for 911. Instead, call your lifeline. How's Diesel Lifeline? The only emergency rescue product to reliquify gel fuel and de-ice frozen fuel filters without the use of harmful alcohol. Always safe to use, you can pour it directly into your fuel filters without wasting time mixing it with additional diesel fuel. So this winter, 
If you find yourself stuck in a bind, skip the tow. Get yourself back on the road fast with Howe's Diesel Lifeline. For more information, visit Howe'sProducts.com. So just who was owner-operator Glenn Horak growing up? Was he the kind of kid who knew from a very young age that he was headed into a Class 8 over the road? Not really. I really had no desire to drive a truck. I mean, I always liked driving, you know, big vehicles and everything. Right. I was driving a trash truck when I got out of the military. And a buddy of mine was running the trucking company. And I needed a job. I went over and... Basically, I made three trips around the parking lot and backed into three different doors and been on my own ever since. <laughs> right. Who is the, your friend with the trucking company? What was his name? Uh, it was Charles Litterist. He had three trucks of his own, and he was running a trucking company for somebody else where, where he had his trucks leased on it. Okay. That was KPH Transportation. They've been out of business for years. His, okay. his company was CNT Trucking. And so you, you started in a, uh, one of his three trucks there? 1976 International Cab Over. <laughs> I worked for him. For, well, we, we were leased to four or five different companies when I worked for him. Like I said, I drove a cab over and I drove, drove for him for like two years and then I went to work for KLM out of Mississippi. Right. And I drove, I drove for them for almost six years. What, what made you, where, where'd you get the, where'd you purchase your first truck or lease first truck? By, it was, was in 1992 from Prime. Okay. I, I talked to a couple of prime drivers at truck stop one day when we were sitting there and they were telling me, you know, how things worked over there with their lease and purchase and stuff. And I was young. Well, sounds like you can make a lot better money there than I came here, so I'll give it a shot. And been at it ever since. When you got a big company behind you, that's a lot easier to get stuff done. Right. As far as repairs, and, you know, I can go into uh, you know a dealership as a single operator. They don't care when they get to me. You get somebody that brings them, you know, twenty, thirty trucks a week or you know a month. They're a little more cooperative. And I have never had any desire to have more than one truck because it. Nobody takes care of your equipment like you take care of your equipment. I've seen so many people. Because I, my philosophy is if you own, you can either own one truck or 10 trucks and be profitable. Anything in between is going to be tough. You only got three or four trucks. If one of them breaks down, then you got three trucks paying for four. Or two of them break down, you got two trucks paying for four. And it just, and I have made awesome money from that. I mean, I've had to bust my butt to do it, but I, it's, they've always had to pray me to do it. When I went to work for KLM, I thought I'd found a home forever. But after about five years, things kind of went in the toilet there and just, I was making less money after five years than I was making the first year I worked there. And I mean, all, all my working career, I've always been, you know, I, I'm always looking for something better. But, you know, I came here prime in 92 and I left in 95 and back in 96 and I wish I'd have never left because 
I've just, I know a lot of people that drive trucks. I don't know anybody that can make the kind of money. Well, I mean, there's people out there to do yeah. that, but I mean, on a, on a large scale, as many drivers prime has that drivers make the kind of money they make it Prime. We've got, I think 1700 company drivers and all the rest are lease operators. Got almost 9,000 drivers now. You've got a huge, huge brokerage division with a lot of dedicated carriers there. Yeah. Um, yep. And there's a lot of guys over there that only got three and four trucks, but yeah. they've got the big company behind them too. But if you're actually out on your own and three truck, boy, it's hard to make it. We get huge fuel discounts and everything else over here. I mean, a buddy of mine, he, he posted a receipt on there the other day. He bought fuel in California with six ninety nine a gallon at the pump. What, what did he? What did he pay? Uh, he probably paid right at six. With discounts like those, it's easy to see the benefits of the buying power a large company affords smaller businesses like the Horax. Those that would stake their success on the connection. Some owners out there occasionally tell me that leasing to larger companies is going the way of the dinosaur in trucking. Clearly, it's not the case as yet. Nonetheless, I asked Glenn then what he might say if he had a single piece of advice for newly minted trucking business owners coming up in this day and age. There's plenty that can be gleaned from his story alone. In part one of this two-part podcast, we detailed his diligent maintenance emergency set-aside savings strategy, for instance. We've just heard him speak to the value of partnerships that he sees with his own at Prime. Yet, when it comes to direct advice, here's what he had to say. As far as the owner-operator part is, if you're going to do it, you know, get your ducks in a row before you do it and stick with them. I mean, that's the biggest thing is, you know, don't try to live on a shoestring. Because just one breakdown can put you out of business. You know, the biggest thing is kind of like I do, you know, put so much aside for your uh, repairs and when bad times come. Uh, trucking there, it's an up and down thing forever. We've basically had two real good years as far as freight wise because, you know, it got behind yep. so bad. But I'd say, you know, at least once every 10 years, there's going to be a downtick. And you don't have a lot of choices anymore. You're going to have to run newer equipment because unless you're, you know, doing specialized in certain states because, you know, for long you won't be able to take some of this old. You already can't take a lot of it to California. It's a tough, it's a tough deal right now because, I mean, at some point fuel's going to have to change. It's probably yeah. going to be about two more years. But, but you know, if you're you know, if you're charging the surcharge that you need to charge, I, like I said, I actually make money off surcharge. Yeah, what kind of fuel mileage um, is is uh, your surcharge based on, and what kind of uh, fuel mileage are you getting in that five seventy nine? Uh, fuel, our, I think Prime's get their surcharge based on seven miles a gallon. I get, and I get about eight point seven. That's substantial. Plus. Prime's discounts, I mean, it's different all over the country. If you watch where you buy fuel, can even make that greater, too. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that true owner-operators have is they don't get the discounts that the big companies get. I mean, there's, you know, Love's and a few other places get some programs that they, yeah. if you factor with them and stuff with your discounts and stuff. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know, to get the discount to Prime, get, I mean, I'd say in most places we get a dollar a gallon off on price. There are, in fact, a variety of resources for independents relative to fuel discounts. The National Association of Small Trucking Companies fuel card program is well known, and we routinely hear good things about it. There's the Mudflap app for a variety of independent stops and plenty of other fuel card programs for major chains and others, like Love's program Horak mentioned. As noted, with Horak speaking in late June, as fuel continues to rise before falling some in more recent weeks in most places, Horak had this to say about his own discounts. But it seems right now that uh, the actual discount is shrinking, though. I mean, like they send us a message every day on our on our app letting us know what fuel's gonna do at midnight yeah they, when it, it'll go down for one or two days and it'll go up for the next five days in a row and it goes up much quicker and it goes down <laughs> yeah sometimes you've got to laugh to keep from crying right fortunately at least dynamics changed for fuel in the intervening weeks the diesel prices certainly remain no doubt elevated above five dollars per gallon in a national average in the most recent week the latest hike came alongside the big fire at BP's big Chicago area refinery that shut it down temporarily. Let's hope those supplies get back rolling to normal levels quickly. When I talked with Glenn's co-owner operator and wife, Carla, for the first part of this podcast, at least last week, she mentioned a real acumen for cooking in the truck, something that's helped the pair run an even leaner operation in more ways than one. Carla's cooking methods and recipes are diverse, Though her in-cab cooking equipment is just a single, quite versatile piece that Glenn describes here. She's got a rice cooker and she can cook anything needs to cook right in that. She uh, can, you know, she can fry, she can boil, she can, you know, just about anything she needs to do in that. We had an Instapot on the truck, but it was so big that it just got in the way. One of the drawbacks of, of trucks is refrigerator space. You know, if you're running hard, you don't have time to go to the grocery store every day. It can be it can be difficult to scout out where where you can get into a good grocery store, right? Yes, it can. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's more and more places out there that don't allow trucks on their parking lots. Yeah. And the bad bad part of it is our wonderful drivers have done it to ourselves. They go in and trash the place, you know, throw their trash out the window. And it's only, you know, it's probably only 5% of the truckers out here that are like that. That's the 5% that shows up. Plus what the thefts that are going on out here now, you know, it used to be but you could drop your trailer at the truck stop, bob tail over to, you know, and get whatever you needed. Well, nowadays you drop your trailer at the truck stop, you might come back and it's not going to be there. The CargoNet cargo theft recording firm just this week alerted members and folks in the trucking media, too, to be watchful this weekend, the Labor Day holiday upcoming. A time when extended down periods for many drivers can mean more trucks sitting idle in a variety of places. They noted historically that thefts recorded the Friday before Labor Day and the Tuesday after were the most common over the last five years. And a full 20% of those theft events the truck or trailer was last known to be left secure on Friday, and almost a third of all theft complaints were then reported on the Tuesday after Labor Day. CargoNet also reported a troubling trend not related to cargo at all, but to the guts of trucks and tractors' computer systems. Thieves across the country have been targeting the quite expensive and hard-to-find truck electronic control modules. 
They expected a spike in such activity this Labor Day weekend, too, so be advised. The rise in cargo and equipment theft through the decades has been a detriment to Horak's full enjoyment of the road in other ways, too. As he notes, and as his wife and partner in the business noted in part one of this podcast, it's limited opportunity to enjoy the various sites around the country the pair might otherwise have visited. Regular listeners will recall that Glenn sold Carla on trucking with a CDL herself in part on their ability to see the country together. Which that's one of the biggest things I miss about the way the trucking has changed. Like she was saying earlier, you know, I, I went and visited a lot of tourist-style stuff when I was running by myself because you could do that. You could drop your trailer and then get bobtail where you can't do it anymore. Perhaps as a result, Horax have been making their time at home in Elkland, Missouri, making it count for more. A big part of that for Glenn for the last nine years has been the Sam Biggs Memorial Bike Show and Poker Run, a benefit for research into childhood cancers named after a young cousin of a fellow Prime owner-operator and fellow owner-operator of the year, as you'll hear. The ninth annual Sam Biggs event is fast approaching, too, set for next weekend after Labor Day is done this year and launching from an American Legion location in Springfield, Missouri, with a separate event in Illinois as well. Yeah, the one in Missouri is the week after Labor Day, and then the one we have another one up in Illinois the following yep. weekend. We've been, did... we've been playing with that for years because the first three or four years, we had it the first, like the second week of August. Okay. And we got rain and rain and rain every year. Kind of moving around, trying to find a sweet spot, and it seems like, yeah, beginning of September usually works out pretty good for us. Before the big snowstorms and and after the summer rains. How did that? How did that Sam Biggs run uh, get started? And and how much uh, are you involved with it still? In terms of uh, I'm still involved with it just as much as ever, if not more. But okay. uh, a buddy of mine that I've known for years, he drives for Prime too, but his uh, cousins. I'm not sure his first or second cousin, but his their son died at seven years old of uh cancer. And uh actually Thomas's daughter, they were twelve she was twelve and her friend was twelve and they they used to go on go on rides with their dads on the bike. Okay. And they just come up with the idea, well, you know, we're going for this ride. Why don't we try to raise some money for, you know, yeah. research or whatever and that's how it started they uh started first year in springfield it was just basically a a ride yeah some people don't and people donated and then we changed it into bike show and poker run and it, it's grown every year we moved locations this year we used to do it in the parking lot of a bar We've outgrown that, so now we're doing it. There's an American Legion post there in town that we're we're using this year. Glenn Horak's partner on the Benefit Bike Show and Poker Run is fellow owner-operator Thomas Miller. As noted, with a storied pedigree himself, in 2015 he won the Owner-Operator of the Year Award in Overdrive and TCA's joint program. The Sam Biggs event is more than just these two owner-operators' baby, though. It's a Big Ten affair from all involved from family and friends and the community at large. We've got probably a dozen people. All of our wives and friends, we have friends and stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, 
we all pretty much do everything. We organize it. We, you know, we work it. We participate in it. I've got a 2018 Indian. Okay. And I've got a and I've got a 2016 Victory. Which one is the one that you ride the most? The Indian. The Indian. Actually, I parked my 2000 Victory because we got rid of our house so, years ago, and we went and bought a fifth wheel, and we pretty much just stay in it, or we stay at my daughter's house, one or the other. And uh, my Indian, or my Victory, I parked in my son's garage. Well, he well he's he's got a he's got an older Honda. Well, since I parked my bike in his garage, he ain't rode his bike since. He might be uh, on his way to inheriting that one, as it were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <probably. laughs> it's probably been four years since I even rode that one. But back when we were, the only reason I got two of them is back when we were doing our dedicated flowers up in Canada. I kept one in Missouri and I kept one down in Florida because we were down there a day and a half every week. Yeah, you would you would use it uh, down there when yeah, you were off. Yeah, or yeah, take some downtime. Yeah, yeah. I mean, right all year down there. But I'm not gonna lie to anybody. I'm a fair weather motorcycle rider. I've ridden in the cold a couple times. That's not for me. There's a big thanks to Glenn and Carla Horak for so much of their time, to House for making it happen as a sponsor, and to you for hanging through to the end. Overdrive Radio is a production of Overdrive, the voice of the American trucker. It's edited and produced by me, Todd Dills, with the acoustic guitar and other support of trucker, songwriter, and Overdrive contributor, Long Haul Paul Marhofer. The theme is Legend of the Snake Man by Marhofer himself. Featuring the guitar work of Travis, the Snake Man himself, Wamek, Terry Two Socks Richardson on bass, Keys by Tishamingo Jim Whitehead and on drums, Mr. Andrew Marshall. The podcast is backed up further by Overdrive's own news editor Matt Cole, social media coordinator Holly Young, and executive editor Alex Lockett.